0: Hey Josh
1: oh hey Emily how's it going
0: oh pretty good I just picked up some oh my gosh Josh what have you done why is the ground on fire
1: oh I didn't do it I swear it was like this when I got here it must be some kind of lava zone Ugh,
0: I hate these things what you mean we're going to have to time our jumps perfectly to stay above the lava
1: you mean we have to jump on all those little floaty things all level long, probably. Ay ay ay. Well, I'm gonna start watching these platforms so we can plan our every move.
0: You will? That's very responsible of you. Hey, you don't mind if I play some tunes on the jukebox, do you?
1: Oh, please do. It helps me concentrate.
0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily.
1: <sighs> I'm Josh. Each week we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons, and we also read your testimonials. Let's get this party And sometimes, in.
0: the floor is made of lava.
1: Mm, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> and oh, you're up. And sometimes, I, put you first. I go first. Okay, um, this track is from the game Immortal, or The Immortal. Is recommended by Animite. The track is called Battle, I Forbid You to Come Any Closer. The composer is Rob Hubbard and it's for the NES. Josh, Emily, and patrons of the VGM Jukebox, and Animite here to bear another VGM testimony. Rob Hubbard has a reputation of being one of the VGM giant heads atop Death Mountain. But here, with this track, I would argue that even the master manages to outdo himself. Actually, I'm pretty sure that Mr. Hubbard invented a genre with this track. Medieval metal chiptunes to be precise. Every time I hear this music, I'm transported back in time to every dungeon encounter I've ever had in tabletop RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons. You have entered the door to the north and are now by yourself. The pungent stench of mildew emanates from the wet dungeon walls. To your immediate left, you see a duo of goblins torturing an unlucky adventurer. They sniff the air and stop their handiwork, brandishing clubs and swords. They come walking your way. You've been waylaid by enemies and must defend yourself. Armed with this kicking tune full of medieval thematic elements, you are sure to gain a glorious victory and raise your charisma. Not that you needed to raise charisma all that much anyways, unless you're a bard. (laughs) And please say you didn't choose a bard because we really need more offensive power in the party. Not someone who can just give us an overall plus one to morale checks during combat. Enough said there.
0: Oh, this is so familiar to me. Oh, yeah? Not this specifically, because this is a different system than Ultima 4, but these are the things one must think about in Ultima 4. Like, I don't have any ability to use magic, I should probably pick up a magic user. And please, please don't let me be a shepherd. Because then I'll start at level 1, and I'm going to get my butt kicked.
1: Have you ever uh, wondered what you would be in that world? Like, what class your personality would actually make you?
0: Oh, well, actually, that's part of the point of Ultima Four, which is very exciting. Oh, okay. In the beginning, it gives you a personality test, and it classes you. Based on... It gives you a series of questions that hit virtue against virtue, so you decide in a particular situation whether you would do, for example, the honest thing or the compassionate thing, and uh, as it narrows down your choices, it funnels you towards one virtue that represents you.
1: Oh. But what about character class?
0: The character class is linked to virtue.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. So, I don't know, I think Animite made a controversial potentially controversial uh, argument that this invents a genre, this track. Oh, yeah. Medieval metal chiptunes. I'm looking at the uh, info page for this game, The Immortal, and it came Mm -hmm. out in 1991. So that Mm -hmm. sounds to me like a challenge.
0: Interesting. Dear
1: patrons, can you find medieval metal music from 1990... Or before. Actually, this game came out in, in 1990 on the 2GS, so maybe you have to go 89 before. Are there any medieval metal chiptunes in the 80s?
0: Does, uh, does Castlevania count, or is that like a, sh- a subgenre of Baroque medieval metal?
1: That's a good question.
0: That is a good question. Patrons, I put that to you as well. This is going to be like the actual metal genre, where we're going to have 80 different sub-genres. Oh, yeah. You're going to get like black dragon death soda metal.
1: Soda. Glam. Medieval Mm -hmm. glam.
0: Yeah. This is such a good track, though. I love how deep and warm and crunchy it is. Everything is staying in very low, low octaves, and I like that. Well, I guess the I guess the lead isn't really staying that low, but it feels lower for some reason. It doesn't pierce through. Yeah, it
1: doesn't... Yeah, for a metal song, he doesn't go very high on his guitar. He doesn't get into the Meadly Meadlies on the 12th fret.
0: Yeah, yeah. Squeedly Meadly Mees.
1: I like how he actually... Animite talks about being transported to playing tabletop RPGs from hearing this VGM tune. It's kind of weird.
0: It's pretty exciting tabletop games.
1: Well, he has... When I transport... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, he has an association with something that he wasn't doing when he would hear this music. Unless him and his friends were like, oh, put on that medieval metal... Uh, chiptunes cd while we play our uh, dungeons and dragons
0: okay so how amazing would it be if i'm sure someone has done this if you're the dungeon master of a DD game and either you do this or you have somebody whose job it is to queue up vgm tracks on a sound test to kind of give flavor to the scene that people are in so you'll be like all right, everybody. You enter a dark cave. Okay, Josh, play number six.
1: Oh yeah, and that would be cool. Then you hit number
0: six, and then it would be cave
1: music. You know Someone must have done this. You know whose job that would be? Who? The bard.
0: Yeah, it would yeah. <laughs> That's very true.
1: So my friend once told me I was I would have I would be the bard if I ever joined their campaign. I'm like I don't want to join your campaign if I'm going to be a bard.
0: Why? Why is that not the coolest?
1: I don't know. Like, you play a little banjo while everybody fights. I don't know about that. Bards can fight.
0: Bards have magic power.
1: Yeah, they can fight. I'll tell,
0: you, I'll tell you this. In Ultima 4, so the first time I played the game and did the personality test, I was classed one way, and I did not save that game because I was in a rush to get out the door, and I just didn't save it. And uh, the second time I was classed as a different class. The first time my prevailing virtue was compassion, which is the bard. Oh. So I was a bard. But the second time, uh, which is the class I played through the game with, I my predominant virtue was valor and I was a fighter.
1: And that's just from taking a test or something?
0: Yep. They randomized the questions. Oh. So it'll it'll ask it'll give you a scenario like um. Uh, you've been tracking down somebody who killed your best friend, and when you finally corner them after chasing them for many years, you find out that they are the sole caretaker of a young child. And then it'll say, "Do you slay them for justice, or do you spare them in compassion for the child?" So however you answer that, it will knock off one or the other virtue as not the one that you're going to get, if that makes sense. Okay. So if you chose to spare the guy, then uh, justice would get knocked out of the running, and compassion would continue. You should take the test sometime. It's Uh, interesting. uh, It's really
1: fun. All right. I don't know what you would be. Yeah, well, whatever. All right. Um,
0: All right, indeed. Well. Let's move on. Yeah. Sorry, did I just step on your segue? Yep. Sorry. Would you like me to step back? Nope. Okay. Let's move forward. This is from Patron Spritz. The game is Star. The track is Back Alive, Stage 1, by Harumi Fujita And this is for the Neo Geo CD. Let's cue it up. says in his own words,
1: Okay, that opening before the melodic line starts, that restrained energy like a lion restful
0: but ready, that's my jam. I followed
1: the trail of Harumi Fujita's works from Capcom through her freelancing years, and eventually into space where I found this shooter soundtrack. It's a gem and its neo-geo-nature means that I probably wouldn't have discovered it any other way. Back Alive is a good name for a shmup's first-levels music. I don't know if it was necromancy or time travel, but here we are again. Maybe this'll go better than the last 38 times.
0: He followed her into space. Yeah. Are you okay? No. What's going on?
1: I don't know. I'm just kind of uh, out of it.
0: Yeah. I'm having this uh, experience, patrons, where I can't tell sometimes if Josh has frozen or not, but he has not frozen. He's just very, very subdued.
1: I have to tell you you something. Yeah, please. I'm pissed today.
0: You're pissed today. I'm
1: very angry because of something that happened yesterday.
0: Oh, okay. Please.
1: Let it out. My friends came by. uh, Actually, Fast Tracks XF came by. And uh, we went and we... They actually brought a wheelchair for me, which was very thoughtful. Aww. And we went around the park and we tried to do a Pokemon Legendary Raid. Mm -hmm. And that was great. I didn't catch the Articuno, but I at least got to try. All these people actually showed up. So we were playing with all these strangers. It was like Pokemon Go was alive. First of all, people who say Pokemon Go is dead are weird. I think they're like... uh, If their idea of Pokemon Go being alive is, like, the streets being flooded with people, then everything in comparison is going to be dead. That's stupid. Right. But anyways, it's not dead, because if you go to a a raid for a legendary in a reasonably populated place, people will show up. You'll have this, like, social experience together. I'm I'm not mad that I lost the Articuno raid, but what happened was... On the way back, I, uh, tried to get out of the wheelchair at one point, and I lost my balance, and I, like, slammed my cast down on the sidewalk.
0: Oh. And? It hurt a lot.
1: It doesn't hurt that much. I think I might have bruised, uh around the fibula or something which I don't even think is that important Uh, but I just don't know you know and I did feel better yesterday before it happened my leg felt better now I have like a slight aching around a certain area and I was supposed to get my cast off Friday I was so confident that I was healing up very well yeah and now I just don't know And I'm just so mad about that.
0: Well, let me tell you this. Nathaniel bashed his cast at least three or four times during his recovery, and it had no bearing on the healing of his leg. It just hurt. Oh, really? And was surprising, yeah. All right. So, and he hit it pretty hard. Um at one point because he broke his ankle in December and we get snow and stuff, and there was one horrible day when he slipped on his crutches trying to get up the, the one step Yikes. into our house. yeah. And he, he stepped on his leg and it really hurt him, but only in the pain sense, not in the damage sense.
1: Yeah, I don't feel... Well, I mean, my leg feels weird. Like, um, there's just this sense of like a little electric bits kind of shooting through my leg sometimes, you know? I don't know if you know what that is, but it's kind of like you see a picture of somebody's brain having thoughts. Sometimes your leg feels like that.
0: (laughs) It's having thoughts.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: The visual cortex of your leg is lighting up right now.
1: Yeah. And then... Yesterday and most and the day before, too, I I was almost completely free of that like nervous, tingly sensation. So I was like, Mm -hmm. Man, I'm doing I must be doing great. I bet they could take this cast off right now and I'd be fine. I was confident about that, but now it's that feeling is sort of back, like it's back to repair mode or something like that. Yeah. And I well, I mean, a, think about this. Some kind you've of bruise, had, yeah.
0: you've had like no um, stimulus hitting that leg for how long? Like your nerves are just not being stimulated in there. I would think so. I would think any kind of activity would shock your leg into "whoa, stuff is happening." Yeah. Patrons, Keekliff is not a doctor. She doesn't actually know what she's talking about. She just thinks this makes logical sense in her mind. But, right? I mean, like your arm falling asleep or something? You get all that tingly?
1: My arm fell asleep really hard last night, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: Same sensation as the leg shooting electricity or different? It is different. It's a
1: different feeling.
0: I think think you're going to be all right. I don't think, if you're worried that you did some kind of. Serious harm to your leg from bopping it. I really doubt that you did. That's why you are in a cast
1: Yeah, I know my cast definitely absorbed a lot of impact and I think maybe (laughs) the
0: structural integrity of your cast is sound
1: Yeah, the impact spread throughout my leg like I could feel I could feel the impact like all over the cast I guess and it made a, a sound So all those things are good because yeah. those are all ways that energy was dispersing. But if I if I have to stay any longer in this cast, I'm just going to be so upset with myself and disappointed.
0: Why would you be upset with yourself?
1: Because I didn't get out of the wheelchair right. Oh, and I no, I because really Pokemon don't think Pokemon did it again.
0: Oh. <laughs> I see, yes. I really think that that bop is not going to do anything. I hope so. I really feel pretty, I feel like 99% confident in making that statement. Asterisk, Keyglyph is not an actual doctor. Well, do you feel healed at all by this Neo Geo CD goodness? Uh, yeah. And this Harumi Fujita space travel.
1: Harumi Fujita is awesome. Hmm. This song is really cool.
0: Is this a casino song to me?
1: space casino?
0: Yeah, probably. There's this very specific flavor of VGM tune... That I always associate with casinos only because a track like it plays in a casino in Sonic Adventure that is the only connection, but it has forever colored my interpretation of things that sound like this going forward.
1: You know, someday maybe you can open your own casino and just play... Play tunes like this? Yeah. Yeah. Casino Night Zone. And whatnot. Casino Night. This doesn't really sound like Casino Night Zone, though.
0: Mm Mm-mm. Well, Spritz, thanks again for the audio testimonial. Yeah. We love those. We encourage those. And
1: Spritz is one of the best. He might be uh, the champion, the audio testimonial champ. What do you think? Yeah,
0: Uh, in terms of how many he's put in.
1: Well, he's, he's ahead, right? At least in terms of number.
0: I don't know. I mean, Mike from Teenagers with Attitude did a whole bunch.
1: Well, Spritz gave us the longest one ever. That is true. Yes. And uh, who used to do them? Bogus Meat Factory. Oh yeah, Bogus also. Meat Factory. Missed those.
0: I think we've got some... uh, So, actually, that's an interesting point. Patrons, if you are interested in doing an audio testimonial, in the beginning, the way we had this system set up, we would contact you to send us an audio testimonial. If you submit a track with our um, sheet thing, our survey... And you want to do an audio testimonial Just go ahead and email it to us right away You don't have to wait for us to get back in touch with you Because at this point we just have so many Patrons and so many suggestions That it's actually hel- helpful To just be able to grab your voice oh, When yeah. we uh, when we Slot it in so don't be shy Just go ahead and submit that audio testimonial To our email Right away Otherwise we'll but be just, you know, emailing mark you the...
1: next year For an audio testimonial <laughs> and you'll be like what?
0: Yeah yeah, just, uh, just mark off on the survey, obviously, that you're going to be submitting an audio testimonial so that if, I, if we grab your track, we'll see that there is a voice accompaniment that we have to go fetch.
1: Yeah. All right. Harumi Fujita is one of the, the Capcom girls. That's right. Yeah. Apparently, at some point, moved over to SNK, or maybe was just being contracted. Don't know. Do you sense some of that Capcom girliness?
0: I think so. Sometimes it's hard for me to pick these things out when the the ear feel is so different. Yeah. But no, I, the, I think the complexity of the different little bits going on is very Harumi Fujita. All those little horn rips that are coming in and out.
1: Do you hear the Street Fighter influence?
0: The Street Fighter influence? Yeah. Oh, I'm just kidding. Well, it's funny though because the Street Fighter influence is everywhere, and I would say, does this sound like uh, is it Balrog stage, the boxer?
1: I don't think it sounds like Balrog stage.
0: Who's? Does it sound like somebody's? Because as soon as you said that, I thought, yeah, I can hear it. Um, but again, not as a. I think you're just thinking
1: of casinos again.
0: I might just be yes <laughs> it's true I'm like oh there are all those lights and stuff in the background and uh,
1: it's like gotta sound like Balrog this I right? like was like a world famous boxer first of all I, I think it's a real compliment to Mike Tyson the boxer that Capcom was like okay all these mythical beings with uh, superpowers and Mike Tyson
0: are <laughs> yeah. in a tournament
1: together but I also like how um, he's like not fighting in the uh, in the arena, he's like just on the casino floor next to the slot machines.
0: Is he? Isn't it outside?
1: I think he's inside.
0: I can't remember. I'm not very thoroughly versed in uh, Street Fighter. I, for some reason in my mind, I thought it was outside with a crowd gathering
1: outside, but... No, they're inside. They're inside. I'm pretty sure.
0: What I think is interesting, and this will kind of just take us into another quick side note, but Japan seems to really associate boxing with the United States, Uh which I think is just kind of interesting, and uh, something that that Josh and I have been doing patrons is we've been watching, both of us for the first time, a Gundam show, (laughs) a Gundam anime, and it's one in which all of the different countries have a Gundam that... uh, defines them and that a particular fighter uses to represent their country and the Gundam that represents the United States of America is a football player that transforms into a boxer
1: oh yeah I do remember that yeah
0: so yeah boxing defines us or at least did in the 80s 90s through Japan's (laughs) eyes
1: that's funny I wonder, yeah. Does America have the greatest tradition of boxing?
0: I have no idea.
1: I think we definitely have some kind of tradition of boxing. Anyways.
0: Well, I'm sorry that you're you're feeling disappointed, but hopefully as we keep moving through, you'll feel a little bit better today.
1: I just want to feel so good by Friday.
0: Yeah, we'll get you there.
1: All right, let's. Actually,
0: see. this next track is probably gonna get you there.
1: That was my segue.
0: Oh really? Sorry.
1: I'm just kidding. I think I I'm. stole on, it. I think I'm on a delay, right? Like you hear what I say after I say it. Yes. Yeah. So, it's not Keegle's fault that she steps over me, everybody. It's just, <laughs> it's the, the way the internet decided it would be. Yes. This next track comes from the game Puznik, recommended by The Messenger. This is music one from Tim Fallon for the Amiga. Let's take a listen. messenger left no message. He just merely walked quietly up to the jukebox, put in his quarter, pushed a few buttons, and walked away. There was no mic to be dropped that day, however, <laughs> if there was a such thing as dropping a proverbial mic that is what the messenger did everybody in the bar just stops and stares at the jukebox for a few seconds some people take to the dance floor oh we have a dance floor yeah there's just one platform hovering above the lava (laughs) that people (laughs) are dancing
0: on oh yeah that's right yeah Good. So that platform doesn't disappear randomly, it just stays. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's the one static platform.
1: Yeah, that's the problem, is people have to time their jump to get onto the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) People are uh, running and just uh, trying to do that pixel-perfect jump to get onto the dance floor. Some die. Not everybody (laughs) makes it. But just a, a chance to dance at this track, it was worth it.
0: I think we're probably collecting their souls in bottles, too, in the hopes that someday I get my necromancer powers back, so... Oh, okay. Don't worry, they'll be fine. Eventually.
1: This does remind me of, like, Parliament or something like that.
0: Yeah, it really does. I mean, I thought Toe Jam and Earl right away.
1: yeah. Well, nice find there, the messenger.
0: This is really good. And also we have to uh, give a special thanks to Ed of Pixel Tunes Radio because the YouTube clip of this track was just one loop long and he used his magic obscure computer powers to rip us a much longer uh, version so we don't have to endlessly press play after every minute and 15 seconds.
1: And that's good, because you want this track to play all night long. I have a question about um, Nathaniel's cast and everything. Sure. Did he tell the doctor that he whacked his cast? Yes. And the doctor was like, oh, that's okay. Yes. All right, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Because I'm just worried that I'm going to tell the doctor, look, I kind of banged my cast, and he's going to be like, oh... You want to leave it on another week just to be safe? No, no way. Oh man, I would I would die. I wouldn't die. I'm just very excited to get it off, you know.
0: Right. I mean, look, people fall off of their crutches. I mean, people really don't work well with casts. And they're okay.
1: Yeah, but you're not supposed to do stuff like that.
0: No, but it's not. I
1: wanted to. N- I want to get just the quickest turnaround. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I want my doctor to be like, uh, "Sir, we've never seen anything like this." <laughs> uh huh. Your bones are completely healed. Um, in fact, they broke our X-ray machine. They're so shiny <laughs> and white. <laughs>
0: right. You're actually. I've never. I can't believe this stronger than you were before.
1: They're gonna be like, uh, sir, we were gonna cut off this cast, but we think if you flex, you'll it'll just explode <laughs> off.
0: Yeah. You know, we don't really want to have to, uh, to, to dull our blades on cutting this cast off if we don't need to, so just, you know, yeah. go ahead and wiggle, wiggle your ankle a little bit. I think we'll get an even cleaner cut than if we were to,
1: uh, take this little saw to it honestly think if anything went wrong yesterday it's my fibula the smaller bone
0: i mean the thing is you're gonna hurt you know even when your leg is healed and you're doing pt it's gonna hurt a lot but that doesn't mean that your your bones aren't healed it just means that you're sore you know a lot's been going on in there You'll be okay. And anyway, I'm sure they're going to have to take the cast off, no matter what, to get a look at you. So, it's gonna come off. Okay.
1: Okay. And I'll be dancing to this track in no time. All the way to my car.
0: That's right. That's right. And we have a, you know... Just in case you need a little bit of a break, we do have that P-Wing still, so you could use that <laughs> if you needed a, a little bit of a I think
1: I might need a, a whole supply of those to get to work, but yeah. <laughs> All right, well, have we, uh, funked it up enough?
0: Um, no. Okay. Let's let it play for just a little longer. <laughs> Alright, I think I'm done dancing now. Okay. Alright, thank you for that though. Just too good. Alright, our next track comes to us from Zatch. This is an NES game entitled Gremlins 2 The New Batch. The composers on this were Naoki Kodaka, Nobuyuki Hara, and Shinichi Seya? Or Seya. Not Seya. Seya. Okay. I feel like I'm not I feel like I'm not saying it differently, but in my mind it's different. The track is The Office. So, speaking of using a whole bunch of P-wings to get back to work. Let's get to the office. Zatch writes, I love the intro of this track, how it's unassuming, plotting even, like it's just another late night at the office, crunching numbers, emailing clients, bathing and feeding the office mogwai. Another walk to the copier when that Halloweeny disco beat comes in, signifying what else but gremlins. TM. <laughs> I like that Zatch added the trademark symbol to gremlins in his testimonial.
1: It's a good trick if you can do it. Uh, I always forget how to do that. Alt
0: 0153.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: You're welcome. Alt
1: 0153. Okay.
0: I'm pretty sure that's it. Yep.
1: All those at the same time?
0: No, you do them, uh, you hold alt Mm -hmm. and then you press 0153 and let go. Oh, I I have no idea what that was. I think your Apple keyboard does different things. (laughs) Josh is trying this out in our document right now, and what came out was just the weirdest string of symbols.
1: Whoops. Yeah, it looked like a magic rune or something.
0: It did. It looked. Do it again.
1: Alt 0153. This should be the title (laughs) of the episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's an infinity symbol in there. It's cool and a pound symbol and an upside-down exclamation point. Yeah, that's pretty neat.
1: Um, if it that doesn't of, break our feed, sure. This song almost reminds me of uh, like a like a disco version of um, Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, I can see that. Da-da-da-da-da. But then it changes... But it actually sounds, it also has like a same sound set too as that game, so. It does,
0: yeah. It sounds a lot like Fester's Quest as well, which makes a lot of sense. That Sunsoft bass.
1: I've never played this game, have you ever?
0: No, I have not. I've not even- I've not even seen the movies.
1: I wanna see Gremlins 2, I still haven't seen it.
0: Was it considered a a good
1: sequel? I think it's like bad but fun bad. Okay. I think. <laughs> Gremlins 1 is very weird, actually. It's good. It's, like, shot well, and it's, it's... Gremlins 1 is so good because, um, you think you're watching, like, a normal movie and this idea that these people are gonna be running away from monsters is, like, kind of terrifying. Like in the back of your mind, it's like, oh no, these people are gonna start dying or getting attacked. And it's, like, such a slow burn and it looks like a, like a Hughes movie. Um, everyone's I don't know it just puts you in this state of mind where you're watching that you're watching like a regular 80s movie or something so, right so that part is k- kind of terrifying and effective about it and then um, but I think Gremlins 2 might get a little be a little goofier off the bat
0: hmm what's uh so I I know the whole thing about you know what don't feed it after midnight yeah that whole thing. What are the gremlins doing? Do they kill people?
1: Sometimes. I don't actually,
0: they do. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm not even really sure what what their whole deal is.
1: You know what? It's actually a bit of a mystery because there's a point where they go to a bar and they just treat the bartender like a bartender.
0: Oh, okay. And they just
1: order a million drinks. Uh huh. So, I think they just want to be bad. <laughs> Whatever. That is. They want to be bad dudes. Yeah, whatever it is at the time. But there's another point where, uh, like, a doc... Uh, not a doctor, but, like, a, the school teacher's, like, trying to reach under the table. Or, like, a... Or like a, He's trying to reach behind something to get at one of the gremlins. Yeah. And it just eats his hand and he dies or something.
0: Oh, huh. <laughs> yeah. So... Maybe not all gremlins have the same goals in life. Yeah, maybe. Just like human beings, some have anger issues that they need to work out. Maybe that gremlin was just cornered. It was just defending itself, was it not? I'm kidding. I'm sure not. I'm sure there's (laughs) no gray area in this movie at all.
1: Yeah, gremlins are bad. You have to kill them. They will destroy your city. Uh, But the cute one, is the
0: cute one a gremlin too? Or is it a different thing? It's like a
1: pre-gremlin. It's a mogwai.
0: It's a pre-gremlin.
1: Yeah, so the cute one will turn into a gremlin if you feed it after midnight. Oh, I see. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is so sad. So they're nice until you you give them food and then they become bad dudes?
1: Yeah, some of them kind of have this like a... I'm going to give away a lot of spoilers right now. Spoiler alert. That's okay.
0: I can't watch the movie, These so. aren't really
1: spoilers, actually. They're like set up, set ups, sets mm-hmm. up, settings up.
0: Settings of up?
1: Yeah. Settings them up? <laughs> set them ups. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> kind of game. This is a set them up.
0: Wait, before you set them up, can I just say one thing? Yeah. In uh, WCW World Championship Wrestling for the NES, when somebody... Uh, gives up because they're in a hold move at the end of a match the voice says I give them up
1: All instead right. of just
0: I give up and I think that's really funny so as you set them set, em, set ems up that's cool go ahead
1: oh um it seems like the baby mug wise they want to become gremlins or they don't they don't really realize uh, what they're getting into when they eat after midnight. But the main Uh cute one is, like, trying to avoid becoming a gremlin. The first one that the guy gets, which maybe has a little experience, uh, is not interested in eating after midnight and tries to avoid uh, that.
0: Wow. Is this an intentionally deep allegory for lots of things? Hidden in a, a cheesy but very well shot... And terrifying 80s movie?
1: Um, I think it's broad enough that it could be an allegory allegory for many things, but I don't know what specifically you're talking about. Some people have called uh, Gremlins and Gremlins 2, I think, Christmas movies. Oh. They both take place during Christmas, I think.
0: So this is in the same way that, is it Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie? Uh,
1: is Lethal Weapon... Or is it
0: the other one? It's is d- it Lethal Weapon or is it Die Hard? Die Hard
1: is definitely one.
0: Okay, so it's Die but... Hard then. I flip the two all the time.
1: Yeah. I don't... So
0: it's in that tradition of it was set during Christmas, therefore <laughs> it is a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, I think it starts a little bit before Christmas, but when stuff starts going down, it gets Christmassy. So I think somebody's written, uh, this guy who writes, I viddied it on the screen. That's a blog site. He wrote about it as some sort of allegory for uh, consumerism. Right. Yeah.
0: This is interesting.
1: Not a not well, a straight a allegory, of this but like a critique. Yeah. What was that? I don't think it's a straight allegory of American consumerism, but sort of a critique and uh, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for this educational journey through the landscape of
1: gremlins. Oh, Patrons,
0: yeah. I hope you enjoyed it too. Probably not. <laughs> They're probably all like,
1: we Yeah, know. I thought of, thought of all
0: this like two decades ago. Yeah. They're all heading off to rewatch the movie now.
1: Yeah. All right, well, let's head off to this next track. I got you there. I was, I, was, I was holding back. <laughs> uh, this next one was recommended by JT from the game Kiwame Mahjong Deluxe Mirai Senshi 21 BGMO4. I'm excited about this because I've been wanting to hear more Mahjong mm-hmm. uh, games. And this is JT's specialty, right?
0: It is. All right. Can't he's wait. Getting, he's pursuing his degree.
1: Ooh, and it's for my favorite system, Game Boy Advance. The Composer Remains Unknown as of the time of this recording. All right, so let's take a listen.
0: Welcome back to KFWY. Oh yeah. I'm Emily and this is Josh and we hope you're having a pleasant day under the blue skies on the green.
1: JT Reds. This Mahjong track has got the crunch with the punch. When the instruments hit together in tandem staccato steps, it's terrific. And man, that bass is so chunky. It's making my tiles shake on the table. Mahjong funk for life. Oh, this. Is <laughs> yeah, what would the mahjong station be called? Um. K tile? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. K tiles. Like T L E.
1: K T L E. K tile. k tile. Where you can wash all your tiles across the table.
0: And you never get an invalid chow.
1: Okay, I can't say for sure, because it's not my department. I don't know how close JT is to getting his degree, but he's definitely earned credits in the Kiwame Mahjong Deluxe class, which I believe is a four-unit class.
0: It's very impressive.
1: Yeah, he did a great job. I think his uh, GPA is very good. You got an A in this. I mean, look, class. I wasn't going to
0: say anything, but you know, I did actually enroll in the Kiwami Mahjong Deluxe class uh, and uh, oh, and,
1: you? uh I dropped
0: I dropped it. You dropped it?
1: It was way too hard. Which track? Which track did you drop it during?
0: Um I don't remember, but I just knew that I was in over my head.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, you got to
0: really be on it. To, to be able to make it in that class. And, you know, I just, you know, I could have taken it pass-fail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I probably should have taken it pass-fail yeah, just for the experience. Yeah, Maybe next
1: semester. Yeah, we should all take this class. This is my favorite um, system right now to listen to, Game Boy Advance. But I think, I don't hear any of the Game Boy... Uh, programming on this one. It just sounds like all samples. Am I wrong?
0: I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. But again, I, I dropped this class, so...
1: Oh yeah, you wouldn't know.
0: You know, if we took the class together, maybe... Like, if we could like study together, maybe I'd be able to pass. Yeah. And maybe uh, if JT can, like, tutor me... <laughs> Which basically he's doing, I guess, through the the medium of this podcast. I like this track a lot. I think it's interesting that uh, it seems like Mahjong music doesn't necessarily maybe have a particular feel that they continually strive for. Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, golf has that defined sound. I mean, you're going to get some outliers, but it sounds like... They understood when they were composing for the game that they were supposed to be aiming for or that they wanted to or should aim for a particular style. Golf has
1: a couple things going for it, actually, I'll say. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, welcome to my office. Have a seat. (laughs) I
0: was going to say. All right, thanks. Is this chair okay?
1: uh, Yeah, sure, sure. That's fine. Okay, great. So Golf VGM does have a particular feel to it. I'll say kind of the one company that doesn't do a good job of getting that golf feel is, ironically, perhaps Nintendo. Like, the Mario golf games are kind of, like, straightforward. They're kind of, um, they got more of a Disney feel than a chill jazz feel, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say. But, Mm -hmm. um, most of the golf BGM, they do have that, like, chill BGM feel. But there are other things going on in golf games, such as the title track, which can be as exciting as any title track from any sports game. You know, you know the uh, title themes and stuff like that, where it gets you mm-hmm. pumped for what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they have like a really tense putting song or something like that, like, "Are you gonna make this putt?" And it gets a little bit tense. And then there's also you know the little jingles for. Hole in one, bogey, um, birdie. You know, you get like different little jingles for those. And sometimes they have like a grand, kind of royal-sounding ceremonial theme for the, uh, you know, the award ceremony or whatever. That's for. I mean, those those are just generalities. I can't say that's true across the board.
0: Patrons, while well, Professor Adachi has been giving this lecture, he's been making a a steeple with his hands, <laughs> just fitting the image so well. Like there are many things to consider when one is considering uh, golf yeah. Osts. That was amazing. Thank you. Will there be a test on this?
1: Well, I mean, you're not in. Are you just trying to convince me to enroll? Yeah. You can expect all this and more um, by choosing golf as your major. <laughs> but what your major is like, uh, boss, right?
0: Um, maybe I don't really know what my major is. I don't really think
1: I have any kind of uh,
0: defining characteristics,
1: really. Oh, you don't have a lot of it, things. I don't think you have a game genre. You have like a a thing you're going for. I think you're cross-disciplinary, maybe. Maybe. Yeah.
0: In maybe it's like a a major in boss music with a minor in ambience. Yeah.
1: So the fact that or you Or I'm
0: in like I'm in the synthetic school for the synthetic music, as opposed to more real sounding instrument type
1: things. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Like the electronic I'm, I'm saying that, and that doesn't make any sense because we're talking about video game music, but you know what, if what we're I We're
1: talking mean? about CD music onward, like PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I mean, those are mostly uh, off-campus. I think there's a small department. Um,
0: <laughs> oh my God, I want this university to exist <laughs> so bad. This is so funny. We'll have to lay out all the different schools within the school. Yeah. We're going to have to decide what color the robes are and the tassels for each school. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to spend a significant amount of time today thinking about
1: this. Who's your advisor, though?
0: My advisor? Yeah. Um, You're going to need <laughs> an Vernis. advisor
1: for your cross-disciplinary studies. Matt Furnace. Matt Furnace. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I... Maybe Rob F. Switch? Oh yeah. I feel I feel like Rob and I have a a similar spirit. Hmm. Similar VGM spirit. Um, what was I going to say? You know, if you, oh. If
1: nope, you try to do your dissertation with Rob F. Switch, you're going to have to deal with Brent Weinbach. And he's a stickler for details.
0: Yeah, he is. I can I can see him right now as I'm as I'm giving as I'm defending my dissertation. Yeah. He's sitting there.
1: With he's gonna check board. He's going to check the work cited <laughs> and everything.
0: Yeah. Rob's just going to be like dancing the entire time. But Brent is going to just be like watching and writing. Yeah. And watching and writing. Um, do you know, I'm going to be very honest, that sometimes I feel sad and perhaps slightly inadequate that I don't have a carved out section of the VGM world like you do. All sometimes right. I sometimes I think like man I'm not special <laughs> I don't have a
1: specialty that's'm not that's crazy you actually know so much about uh, I think the whole field you really are cross-disciplinary you've uh you're, you're defining your own field I mean to choose a major you know it really is limiting it's just uh-huh. that I like to be limited in that way. <laughs> That's funny. Cross-disciplinary VGM. I mean, for example, you were choos- you were looking up uh, horror tracks the other day. Yes. But you knew all this stuff already.
0: I guess. You were
1: like looking for something that is secret right now, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Let's keep it secret and let's keep it safe. All because right. Because I'm not dear,
1: sure. Dear listener. Uh, your host Keyglyph, was looking for uh, scary tracks for something that's yet to occur
0: yes we will I'll double check and see if we can we can announce this and we'll talk about it on the next
1: episode you had known about all kinds of these all kinds of scary tracks
0: I guess I guess it just doesn't seem that unusual to me these are just tracks that I like I just uh, I just kind of serendipitously and whimsically skip through the vgm landscape and pick things up well i appreciate it though i appreciate
1: you probably have multiple degrees <laughs> yeah, maybe you're like a Yeah, life- i'm gonna
0: be like actually you know what i have a doctorate but i don't insist that you call me a doctor so nobody knows
1: yeah you're gonna be this old lady uh, finally applying to golf uh, to the golf major, and I'm going to be like, uh, what makes you want to take the golf major at this stage in <laughs> in your life? And you'll be like, oh, I got all the other degrees.
0: <laughs> that's funny. I like that idea. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes I do wish... Yeah. But cross-disciplinary, that's pretty good. Maybe I'll just be the dean.
1: Like the the dean of the whole school? I don't know if that Maybe. even exists. Maybe that's what I'm what what does that exist a dean of a college yeah aren't they like presidents or something um i don't know i'm just aiming high i don't know you know what i think all the majors should be based on like lmh mixtapes like, you can get... Oh, funny. The,
0: yes. The elevator
1: degree, and then, like, the elevator mixtape is sort of, like, the pamphlet for that school.
0: Okay, this is making me want to do a thing. Maybe for our Patreon patrons, maybe next year something we can do is uh, allow people to apply for a degree and send them a fake degree. Well, fake, quote-unquote. You know what I mean. A degree mock-up. But I also... I don't even want to say this because then I'm going to want to do it and it'll be a lot of work. But I think it'd be really funny to actually send them a cassette of the mixtape that pertains to their degree. I think that's funny. Anyway.
1: Uh, Oh. that's too much work, dude.
0: I know, I know. I always want to do these things that are too much work. But I really like that idea. I like the idea at least of a degree and that it's all LMH mixtape. You can choose one
1: track per person. It'll uh-huh. be like their uh, walk-up song or something.
0: Oh, that's funny. Just loop it forever.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think I pretty much meeting? got this uh, lava situation figured out. The platform. See that one? It goes, uh, and then the other one. Right at that moment, they kind of sync up, and that's when we'll do a short little hop across. Then the other two are going to match up going uh, horizontally, run across that, and then uh, we're going to have to wait for the fire wheel to go all the way around. Then we're going to jump, do a double jump off that wall right there, up to the other platform. Uh, We're going to have to wait till it vertically aligns with that other platform, run across, vertically align, run across, and then we got a diagonal. Alright, and we'll figure things out from there, what do you say? Uh
0: I think we might need to go over that again. We
1: have to do it right now because it's fresh on my mind. Um so what do you say?
0: I say I'll try my best to follow you.
1: Okay. Here we go. Wait. Yeah.
0: I don't think I'm ready yet. Can we listen to one more track?
1: Emily, I'm going to forget the entire sequence. I've been focusing so hard.
0: I'm sorry. Can you write it down, maybe? If you write it down, I might be able to follow it better.
1: uh, Let me see. Is this a DS game with a little notepad? Unfortunately, Uh, it's not. I don't have paper in this game. All right, all right. I'll commit it to memory. What are we going to listen to?
0: Um, I would love to play a track from The Sims Online for the PC. Uh, This was composed by Jerry Martin and this is Select a Sim number one. So let's think it out over this track. Alright, that was Select a Sim Number 1 from The Sims Online, composed by Jerry Martin for the PC.
1: Alright, that's a weird song.
0: Oh man, I love this track so much. So, The Sims Online, what is this? The Sims Online was a massive multiplayer version of The Sims that flopped when it was released. This was a thing that actually existed... An online multiplayer version of The Sims. Mm -hmm. Recently, somebody, I think it's one person, but it might be a team of people, but there's at least one person who's heading up the effort, it seems, has put this on a server and made it free. So there's now a thing called Free So, Free Sims Online, that you can download and you can play this game as it was intended to be played back then, but you don't have to pay for it. Wow. So this is an example of you know fans and users keeping something alive kind of in the same way that um Uru was kept alive, which I mentioned a long time ago that was the the online multiplayer mist game that also kind of died out that is now being kept alive by fans on a server. So I started playing this game Uh, with Bogus Meat Factory, actually. He always digs up these really interesting pieces of video game history and talks about them in such a compelling way that I, I have to join in. So I've been playing this game, and this is just one of the tracks that plays while you're deciding which character you're going to enter the world as. And I just... We've talked about getting stuck on title screen music before. I would just get stuck on the Select a Sim screen when this track would play. It cycles through a few different ones, but if this one came up, I would just sit there for five minutes or so before actually going into the game. Wait, are you saying
1: that the game is like more popular now than it was when it came out?
0: I don't know how to measure whether or not it's more popular. It's certainly popular. When it came out, you had to pay $9.99 per month for a subscription. Oh,
1: wow. That's kind of expensive. So I
0: think, you know, that's going to put a damper on things. But there are a lot of people in it and let me tell you patrons a massively multiplayer online world of the sims is a very very strange place to live in Mm. it is really weird and really fascinating to see what people do with the mechanics because you literally are playing the sims you have a character and you have to worry about keeping their needs green you know so they don't starve they don't die of boredom Um, But this has caused things to spring up like there are people who create basically like resorts for you to go to, to just replenish all of your bars in the most efficient way possible. Oh, wow. So you'll go to a place and people who have maxed out their cooking stats will cook for you. So you only have to eat one plate and then you're done. And um, there's also a mechanic where the more people who are working on a skill in an area, the faster you all... Grind that skill. So, as you're eating your super powerful meal, there will be 10 people jabbering at mirrors in another part of this area who are all collectively raising their charisma at, like, you know, super speed because they're all doing it, and a bunch of people lifting weights together to raise their, you know, it's just a very,
1: very interesting hmm. thing to see. And then Monica goes by on a float. Yeah, exactly. Anybody yes. Leveling up.
0: What's, what's funny is, uh, I think most people, or at least most people I see who play, are very into the efficiency thing and like making as much money as they can and everything. But I am 100% a role player. Whenever I get involved in games like this, I kind of come up with a character to play and then basically just goof off the entire time. So I've created. To, uh, to no one's surprise, this is how shocked you're all gonna be. I am a robot woman named YM2612, and uh, I've decided that I'm trying to integrate into human society to understand it better. So basically I just walk around and comment on really strange facets of human behavior. And uh, some people think this is really funny, other people not so much, but uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. I'm not like trolling anybody, I'm just being silly. And, uh, you know, sometimes you go into areas and no one is talking at all. And that makes me sad. So I like to generate really random conversation.
1: I mean, so I guess you don't know if it's more popular now than it was. Right. But do you think it could have worked if it was free somehow when it first came out? And if it it could have worked as a free, how could they have monetized it and made their money back?
0: It's an interesting question. I mean, I almost feel like uh, when you're saying is it more popular now, I think that the landscape in which this game exists is more uh, welcoming to what this game was trying to do than it was back when it was released. Mm -hmm. Because today, if this came out today, it would be free, and then you would would be able to pay for microtransactions so you could get SIM money Mm -hmm. by paying money to build your house and stuff like that. I think, I, I kind of feel like as we're talking about it, that this game was ahead of the culture curve and that it would have been a smashing success now for, for all different kinds of reasons because players are open to this kind of uh, idea and being creative with game functions, but also... You know the retro appeal of oh my gosh, The Sims. This is based on The Sims One. It uses the engine of The Sims One. Well, so. it came
1: out in two thousand two.
0: Yeah. Wow. So very nostalgic. So. Uh, you know. Okay. I just think it was ahead of its ahead of its time.
1: Wow! 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 Um. Very interesting. Uh, the song trips me out. It sounds like it has two or three different moods that don't really go together. Yeah. But they're both well done, I guess.
0: Yeah. This is... Yeah, so I guess perhaps my dissertation is in texture. Uh Uh-huh. Because I just... I love how that acoustic guitar cuts through that kind of substrate of bass and mm. electronica i mean it's just so like fresh and vibrant on top of that it's just that feeling is just so amazing to me
1: and then you suddenly
0: switch into new age <laughs> which is really yeah. neat for a little while
1: and uh yeah that's the part that sounds weird to me but I, yeah i like it it's interesting it kind of reminds me of uh in a weird way i guess devo where it sounds like artificially constructed or something like that and then Mm. I think it kind of goes along with The Sims which is like this alternative reality or something like that so it makes sense that some other kind of human would dig this kind of music I guess or something like that
0: yeah people like me who take android studies
1: android studies huh
0: we dig it Yeah, that was an elective.
1: Mm. You know? Hey, do you think Master System would be its own major or something like that?
0: Mm. Is that your minor? Or is that your major?
1: I... No, definitely... Well... My undergrad? Well, I started in Master (laughs) System. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, then I transferred pretty quickly to, go- to golf.
0: Yeah, you uh, your undergrad was in master system with a minor in melody.
1: Yeah, and then I but just sure. I just got carried away with the melody part.
0: Yeah. So, like, uh, all right. So, undergrad, your undergrad is in a console or an era. Or maybe you major in an era and minor in a particular console and that's how you get your your fundamental baseline of understanding of VGM. Uh-huh. But then when you go into graduate school, well, then you can not, start doing these interesting that's things. That's not
1: totally true. You can choose an era, a system, uh-huh. yeah. or a Final Fantasy.
0: Or a Final Fantasy, okay.
1: Yeah. No, not a Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy.
0: Final Fantasy is the yeah. entire thing. Okay. Yeah. That school is
1: huge. It's huge.
0: That's like that's like 60% at least of our students. It's
1: trendy. I mean, they had to ju- really justify it for a while, but there was just so many students uh, wanting to go into that major that, um, you know, they just had to expand it.
0: Yes, and... They have their own section of housing on campus and all of the houses are named after towns in different Final Fantasy games. Yeah. So that's how people kind of socially group themselves by the game that they liked. Yeah. You know, there'll be the Costa del Sol house, but then there'll be the Narsh or Narsha
1: house. I, I tried to sit in on one of those classes, but I was the only one who didn't have like a giant sword.
0: And uh, the teacher
1: just kind of looked at me funny. He's like, where are your your supplies? I was like, I don't know. I I got uh, my notebook. I got this pen. And, uh, you know, once he found out I was from the golf major, he was like understanding of it. But I just felt so weird that I never went back.
0: I'm imagining you holding a golf club over your shoulder like it's a sword. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, no, this is my sword. And having the professor be like, that is not a Final Fantasy sword. And you're being like, it's a Keyblade." And the professor being like, all right, let's go out. You're clearly in the wrong class. You're distracting the other students.
1: Yeah. Everybody else is very seriously and with tiny mouths and noses. <laughs> Taking notes.
0: You either need a giant sword or you need to have very obviously manifesting magical powers. Yeah. So I was able to audit. They let me audit in the back, back in my Necromancer days. Uh, Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Although the other students didn't really want to associate with me too much. Kind of sad, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, in Final Fantasy, their magic glows, like, very beautifully. Yes. it's like uh, transparent your magic made everything look more dirty and decrepit so
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> so other yeah.
1: students kept like killing your skeletons you're like he's carrying my books okay
0: i don't even want to think about it that was a really rough time
1: <laughs> that sounds rough man
0: it really was I don't understand why they had all these problems with my undead friends. They weren't bothering anybody. They just didn't understand.
1: Well, your army got pretty huge. At any point, they could've... They were a threat.
0: Yeah, but no. This is like the same kind of anti-undead bias I had to deal with back then.
1: I mean, the fact that they were carrying your throne around at one point.
0: (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I can understand how that freaked people out a little bit. I thought it was funny. Nobody could take the joke. Well, anyway, I still have that throne. How about we carry around this week's recommenders to thank them for uh, submitting tracks to us?
1: Well, that's a great idea. Get on up here, guys.
0: All right, guys, it's big. You can all fit. Go on in. Animite, Spritz, The Messenger, Zatch, and JT.
1: And to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions, you're all kings and queens in our hearts. And keep those suggestions coming. Remember, you probably won't be the top recommender, no matter how many recommendations you make. Go to our website, the VGM Jukebox, and click the Suggest a Track button, or go to submit.thevgmjukebox.com to send your recommendation our way. Send us an email at insertcoin at the VGM Jukebox, or send a snail mail at the VGM Jukebox P.O. Box 26959, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Before we move on, I just want to say, who was our winner again? The winner of which? Uh, Who submitted the most tracks? Who's number one? Utopia Nemo. Utopia Nemo's number one. Try to dethrone him. Uh, <laughs> I was going
0: to say, was that some kind of professor psychology there where you were like, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be the top in the class. <laughs> no, no. And suddenly eight people went and their eyes like lit on fire.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: They're going to steal it. They're going to steal it.
1: I want to see. Yeah. And I especially want to see JT try to uh, defeat Utopia Nemo within the. Uh, his studies the, the confines of his Mahjong studies Imagine we had that many Mahjong tracks To play That'd be it Great um, <laughs> What else was it I, I forgot what, what else I was going to say I think something about We'll let you know P.O. Box No Oh yeah yeah Submit that th- Oh no The email address Insert coin at the jukebox.com That's the one You can go ahead and send The audio testimonial to Yes Right
0: Yes. You can also follow us on Twitter at VGMJB If you want to find us individually uh, you can find Josh at Josh Adachi again and you can find me at
1: Keyglyph I'm going to post a video of me getting my cast off probably
0: Oh cool
1: If they do take it off, yeah
0: They're going to take it off
1: Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher, and please remember to rate and review us at the iTunes store. Oh, we got another review, by the way. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Which we like to celebrate here on the show. Woohoo! And, celebrate uh,
0: by uh, bribing you
1: with money. That's right. That's right. So um, we'll go ahead and pull that up, and we'll read it after Emily says what she was going to say.
0: All right. You can join the group on Facebook at facebook.com slash group the VGM Jukebox. And we have this bulletin board up in the bar. If you've got any music or video game or podcast related projects, let us know and we can put up a little audio flyer for you
1: there. Thank you. All right, Rob F. Nichols. Or... Oh, Rob! Yep. You know who that is. Rhythm and Pixels. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he took up the challenge and now he gets a coin. He says, great video game music with great hosts and unique take on the format. All listeners suggested tracks. This is a great lesson. Keep up the great work, Emily and Josh. Hey, thanks, Rob F. and Nichols.
0: Aww. And
1: you keep you up know, I... the great work on your side of the campus. <laughs> yeah, what?
0: Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel bad that I uh, I don't use an iTunes account, so I I can't review other people's podcasts without having
1: a uh, podcast app, right? Probably not. Do you have an Apple ID or something?
0: I guess I could get one. Why don't you just don't wait
1: know. until one of your um, one of your library patrons logs in, and then you could just <laughs> go ahead and.
0: That would be supremely unethical. To use their account. Mm-hmm. And just randomly, yeah.
1: Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> You're worth it.
0: Patrons, I'm, I. Uh, I'm worth it. I don't
1: condone this behavior.
0: <laughs> oh, you're gonna say you're worth it? Like, do it for me, Emily. No, no. When I'm you got this about- job
1: at the school library, there were two things I'm thinking. I'm thinking, sweet, you know, uh, maybe she can hold a book for me once in a while, like that, <laughs> like that book about uh, Junko Tamiya, uh, uh-huh, the autobiography. Yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking is. Take advantage of people's account information. (laughs) So, oh boy, this was the VGM jukebox on college. Oh man, I wish I we had a name of the college because I feel like this we're on the college radio station. College radio
0: station, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's think about it. Let's or do we want to think about it next time? Can we quickly come up with a college name? Or is that something I think we if wanna... we're
1: college radio, we could just keep talking and mumbling for several hours, and it'll be fine.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we can figure this out on air. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Let me drop something. Let me hit my mic a few times. Well, how about this, actually? Hey, patrons. If VGMJB was a university... What would we be called? And what would your major be in? That's what we want to know.
1: Oh, KV, KVGM. KVGM? Oh, no, it's not VGM JB is the university. We're just a radio station and the university.
0: Right. Well, I was thinking we would take the name from
1: the college, no? I think the college is probably UVGM. UVGM? Or something like that. Uh huh. That sounds like too many, though. Too many letters, right? No, it's not. UCLA is like that. UVGM, and we're on KVGM right now. Yeah. Man, that's too many radio stations to think about.
0: That. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we're gonna we're gonna exit the studio so the next group can come in and they can play an entire hour of visual novel tracks. Oh, nice. So enjoy that. And uh, we'll see you in a week.
1: See you next time.
0: So remember, keep to your studies, Mm -hmm. get your degree. Yeah. And you mean so much to us.
1: And you always will.